If banking fintechs have a universal reason for being, it's to address pain points. And in particular, small business lending has been especially painful, not just for entrepreneurs, but forward-thinking banks as well. But what if a fintech entrepreneur applies empathy and automation to the task? To find out how it's done, we'll talk with Sam Tausig, Global Head of Policy at Cabbage. Welcome to BAI Banking Strategies, where each week we'll focus on the key issues facing financial services leaders. We'll bring you objective opinions and actionable insights that will help you power smart decisions. I'm your host, Lou Carloso, the managing editor at BAI. Come on in. Don't miss our immersive annual event, BAI Beacon, which takes place in Orlando, Florida, October 9th through 11th. It takes a team to transform an organization, and each team member has their own area of expertise that's critical to the effort. At BAI Beacon, you can find the topics most relevant to your individual role and regroup at the end of the day with fresh perspective and ideas. To find out more, visit BAIBeacon.com. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. It is wonderful to have you here with us. And coming in from Sacramento, California, we have Sam Tausig. Sam has been involved in alternative credit since he experienced how microcredit offered enterprising Zambians a sustainable path out of poverty. Sam is responsible for Cabbage's interactions with state, federal, and foreign governments and community development organizations. And Sam, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, Lou. Real pleasure to be on with you today. Zambia, 2007, you make a visit there that proves to be a pivotal point in this journey. Tell us a little bit about that. So 2007, I arrived in Lusaka, the capital of Zambia, originally supposed to work on HIV AIDS prevention work. And while I was on the ground there, it became so apparent to me that I really wanted to explore a career and have a career in international development. And I was a little bit confused about how to do that, just treating the wounds of poverty, if you will, treating people who have nothing right now really was kind of depressing to me. As I looked around, I saw some really good work from the Japanese and the Chinese and some micro development banks that were giving people a second or a third chance at life. And they were doing that through loans as small as $20, but ranging to about $100. So people could go and buy livestock or start a small soda stand on the side of the street. I found that really impactful because if you can prevent people from entering poverty in the first place, or at least give them a path to lift themselves out, it's much more sustainable and it's much more impactful in the long run. I love the phrase treating the wounds of poverty. Very profound statement that you don't hear often in financial services. Tell us about how the history of cabbage came into focus out of those moments that you spent in Zambia. Rob Froline and Catherine Petralia launched Cabbage from an idea with Mark Gorlin in 2007. And Rob, our CEO, was working at a company that was actually looking at data on e-commerce sites, trying to figure out the fraud questions. So, you know, is that Gucci bag really a Gucci bag? Let's use eBay data to get there. What he discovered was a really rich set of transactions. 
And that transaction data clued him into a possible credit underwriting decision. So he called up Catherine Petralia, who had been in finance and some te- and technology and credit for a long time. And he said, hey, you got to come look at this. And they were like, hey, let's automate a small business lending decision. And it started with just those little tiny e-commerce sellers. They were loaning or advancing inventory loans. The foundation of this has always been a 100% automated experience driven by that underlying data. Today, we connect to many more data sources, bank accounts, PayPal accounts, credit cards, receivables. We even connect them to the UPS shipping records. What a way to plant the seed, but obviously Cabbage has moved on beyond that especially with different types of organizations. Where do you find yourself making inroads? We recently acquired a company called Orchard, and that has nothing to do with our fascination with farming and agriculture, even though we are called Cabbage Heads and we have an intern program that they're known as the Brussels Sprouts. So the Orchard acquisition is a data play. And we really like to say that data is our secret weapon because it allows us to connect to the customer without ever meeting them face to face. And that's kind of the core of Cabbage is I can know nothing about a customer and then know a lot about them in seven minutes as they go through the application to receive a credit approval within the process. And we envision becoming the central point of a small business's life. So we have this saying, let the bakers bake. You don't become a baker because you want to run financial transactions and do spreadsheets and figure out how you're going to make payroll and talk to your bank. You do it because you want to make baked goods and that's your business. We want to do everything else for them. So let the bakers bake and we'll take care of everything else. So in order to get there, We need to understand all of the pain points that that customer is experiencing in their day-to-day business life, connecting to different data sources that they're already transacting on or logging inventory on or whatever it is, is the way to do that and serve them up a hyper-personalized product. So for the future, whether that's a lending product, possibly a payments product, we can look at other sort of services for that customer. We want them to come to Cabbage and us to have the solution already prepared for them. What an outstanding vision. There are issues that fintechs run into in terms of navigating the regulatory landscape. What have you found so far? So that's my job. I'm head of global policy, and we break it up between the future and the past. So if we're talking about things that ought to be, or frankly, things that we don't want to happen, that's where I get involved in shaping policymakers and legislators' views of fintech. And the most important thing we can do is educate, educate, educate. If you look at what happened during Zuckerberg's Facebook testimony before the Senate, It was very clear that despite the millions and millions of dollars spent on lobbying, many of those members did not understand, fundamentally did not understand what Facebook is about. Our platform, we provide capital to American small businesses. That's our takeaway message. And we start there and dig really deep into the technology how the business model works, the flow of funds, the banking regulatory side, et cetera, et cetera. 
explaining artificial intelligence and how we use machine learning in our process to help dig through that data and find patterns can be very difficult. But if I do it in a setting that is open and honest and I allow lawmakers and regulators to ask those questions proactively, it is actually very productive to get to a place where we want to go, which is a world of principles-based regulation. You never want a government body, no matter if it's your local city council or the European banking authority, to regulate technology standards as a static regulation. You want to think broad principles and ask the regulator or the policymaker, what is the public policy objective that you want to achieve? Here's what I'm doing today. How can we work together to get to your vision that helps me serve my customers and doesn't, frankly, kill the business overall. What would you say are some things to look at to more properly address the small business audience and provide for their needs? Small businesses, your four to six employee businesses that are doing 50000 to about a million dollars in annual revenue, so that's micro businesses to, again, that bakery, They've always been left out of the equation, be it by big banks or other technology platforms. And even what you think about is kind of mainstream small business products like credit cards. They've always been underserved. And that's because the marginal cost is too great for the institution to really make it worth their while. So if you think about a bank, just call it any town USA community bank. If they're going to go give a loan to these small businesses, which they really want to do, they have to go through the loan officer, the loan officer's manager, the credit committee, and another couple of compliance checkoffs. There's a ton of people that touch this process. We dump that marginal cost close to zero. That's why the automated system works. But if we look broader in the economy, we have seen some corporations and other services begin to focus on small business as this digital revolution within their world continues to advance. So as we look at, you know, how do we actually approach a small business? It's helping become part of their day-to-day transaction. And that's the larger vision there. We do like to give credit where credit is due. PayPal's done a great job of this. Square has done a great job of this. And we kind of see Cabbage growing into that sort of larger technology platform like those two companies I just mentioned. And as Cabbage grows, you indeed have cultivated a garden, if I may, further the puns that have populated the podcast here, but well-deserved accolades for everything you've done Sam, thank you for being on the podcast today. It's been a pleasure. Sam Tausig is the head of global policy at Cabbage. He's headquartered in Atlanta. You can look for Sam on LinkedIn. And here are three key takeaways from today's podcast. Number one, transactional data is the seed for making smart underwriting decisions in a digital age. That data can come from a wide spectrum of sources, shipping records, bank account transactions, QuickBooks entries, and sales via e-commerce, just to name a few. The mantra for financial institutions should be, let bakers be bakers. They can focus on the product and process if you take away the lending-related friction. Number two, 
The most important thing a fintech can do in terms of regulation is educate, educate, educate. If you look to Mark Zuckerberg's testimony before Congress, many members didn't know exactly how Facebook works. Explain your business motto thoroughly, with transparency, and ask regulators what is the public policy objective you want to achieve. And can you help us get there together? And number three, banks might not understand what small businesses do, but knowing their day-to-day -day struggles is essential. To be certain, marginal costs in serving small businesses are high. People power and paperwork costs make it tough to see through. But as banks and fintechs can move to fully automated platforms powered by customer data, loan decisions and product decisions can be made in minutes. Banks win and businesses win. NTC is an implementer of community outreach programs for banks, credit unions, and government agencies, and an award-winning customer engagement contractor. NTC believes that truly effective community outreach initiatives are those that make an emotional connection with customers, employees, and key stakeholders. Programs include financial literacy, budgeting and saving, securities and fraud, and investor education, and more. Be sure to visit nationaltheater.com to find out more. And now BAI Banking Strategies brings you the aha moment where our podcast guest shines a light on that point in time where realization, revelation, or exploration made all the difference in their financial services career. Sometimes an aha moment is a mountaintop moment, literally. Sam Tausig began his quest to make a difference by addressing the health and well-being of the poor and underprivileged. Here, Sam talks about how a moment of stillness in Haiti changed his orientation from physical health to financial health. Listen. I have been fortunate to have traveled around the world working on different economic development projects and health projects. And a couple years after Zambia, I found myself in the mountains of Haiti in this little town called Kanj. And I'm sitting on this mountain top. The sun is actually setting. It's a stunning scene. And I'm contemplating why there's just so much death and destruction in Haiti right now that I'm looking over. And what I'm contemplating is what I want to do about it. It was this very pivotal moment in my life where I decided that I don't necessarily want to be the person just running around applying Band-Aids to people and situations forever. I want to work in an empowering industry. I want to work in development. But as I looked down and thought to myself, why are these people sick and dying? Historical injustice, sure. Natural disaster, yes. But moreover, just that lack of opportunity. And I realized there that people are resilient and will always want to change and better themselves. Looking through kind of the tapestry of my experiences, access to capital, the micro lending, the economic opportunities have always seemed to be more promising and more, frankly, fulfilling to me than just applying Band-Aids to the problem. And so I decided there to ditch a potential career in health and decided that I'm going to go into specialized financial services. I've ended up at Cabbage, where I really feel that fintech is democratizing and is an efficient way to access capital. We're just starting here in the US, and the underlying data is there, so it's easy. But I absolutely see what we're doing at Cabbage 
applying to many other parts of the world in many other situations, be it with cabbage or somebody that takes up our legacy. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. And here are a few reminders from yours truly and your friends at BAI. First of all, if you haven't done so, subscribe to our daily newsletter. It's free to sign up. And be sure to check out our ever-growing archive of podcasts. Also, be sure to check us out on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter to stay up to date on BAI's latest and greatest. You can catch me on LinkedIn. Be sure to connect. I'm Lou Carloso, the managing editor at BAI. We'll see you soon. So long.